Welcome to UAR Caucus. My name is Kate Klunt, and I am the Government Affairs Director here at the Utah Association of Realtors. And with me today is Alyssa Daly, Campaign Services. What's up, y'all? And we also have a very special guest, our first guest ever, Tal. Wow. And this is this is Tal Adair. He is our legislative committee chair. Thank you. Thank you for inviting me. Awesome. Thank, thank you for making me drive all the way to Salt Lake from my home. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> In the winter snow. <laughs> only, only for you. Okay, so quickly, Tal, tell us a little bit about you. Where do you live? How long have you been involved with UAR? What's your favorite chocolate? <laughs> oh, favorite chocolate. Fun facts. Fun Hers- facts. Hershey's. Um, Same. Oh, you bo- are both monsters. Hershey's is terrible. Oh, it's delicious. Ah, this is one of the biggest fights of our friendship. Hershey chocolate. That and Adele versus Beyonce. There's no reason to question your friendship. <laughs> <laughs> okay, keep going. Hershey's is your favorite. Where Hershey's are you is from? Very, I'm, I live in Francis, up by Camas, by Park City. Yeah. Um, yes, it takes about an hour to drive to Salt Lake, but we love it, even in the winter. So. Um, <laughs> Do you go to the Camas Demolition Derby? You know, Camas Demolition Derby is awesome. It's one of my favorite things. Oakley Rodeo is better. Is it? Okay, I'll go to that instead. Yeah. Or I'll go to both. You got to go to Oakley Rodeo. Okay, I've heard good things. But get your tickets now, really, because by the end of January they'll all be gone. You heard it here, folks. Get your tickets for the Oakley Rodeo. Don't, a- don't advertise and, it. We won't get tickets. And, and demolition derby. <laughs> and demo- you're right. It does sell out really fast. Really fast. Really fast. Are you a lifelong Utah or are you a transplant? I am a lifelong. I grew up in the Ogden Roy area. Oh, awesome. So, yeah. So. We talk about moving to Roy all of the time. We really do. Roy? Yeah. Yeah. Wow. The air is clear. It's a spot on the map. The air is clear. Lots of wide open spaces. No neighbors, essentially. You know, we, we talk a lot about affordable housing, but we're really nimbies at heart. <laughs> Just kidding. <laughs> you have to edit that out. <laughs> no, I, that is like a one thing that I do struggle with because like selfishly, they're, there's, so they're, they're selling some land in Vineyard that used to be a farm. And it's about mm, 150 acres, I think. Yeah. And selfishly, I would like it to be like larger lot single family homes because I would like to move there. Right. And but in my heart, I know this is supposed to be townhomes. The best thing for Utah, the best thing for Vineyard will be mixed use townhomes. And that's everywhere in Utah, right? Yeah. And so struggling with like, okay, well, like, what do I want versus what is best for the city? I'm just I'm like, just be quiet. Whatever happens, happens. (laughs) And I was thinking the same thing last night. So when we moved to Francis 20 years ago. When you got up to wander the house at night, it was so dark, you could see the light from the smoke detector shining on the floor. Oh, my goodness. And now, because there's houses around us, somebody's lights on outside. And so I'm the same way. Yeah. I, I feel, I feel your, your pain. Yeah. Or That's your wild. I'm trying to reconcile both those things. Yeah. But fine. Okay, what else? What else? Tell us more. Uh, let's see. What do the people need to know? <laughs> About Taladere. About Taladere. You know, I, lo- I love politics. I just love be you know everybody wants a purpose in life, and I just like to be involved. That's what UAR is so wonderful. Is there so many great people? We all kind of have the same purpose, and the same love about real estate, but they're all we all think differently. We all it's kind of fun to sit and watch things work and go through the process, because there's so many self thinkers that are in real estate. That's why we do what we do. And, but we all have a common purpose, and that's real estate in our industry. But it's fun to watch somebody will say, we'll bring up a, a comment or something. You're going, wow, I didn't even think about that. Mm-hmm. But you kind of massage it and work it through. And 
working with the staff at UAR and Chris Kyler and everybody, and it just comes out. It's just a well-working machine. Just love it. It's just a lot of fun. That's awesome. That's why I like realtors. They're so charismatic, and they're always willing to tell you what they think, and I I just love it because they're always willing to participate. Yeah. Were you going to say something? Oh, I was just going to (coughs) say, do you have any fun – do you have any fun uh, political moments or stories? Like, have you always been really into politics? So, like, when we were in college, I, I we went to, in Las Vegas, there was a Republican primary presidential debate. And so a bunch of us jumped in a car and went down there. And we saw Wolf Blitzer outside of the Venetian or something. I, it was very funny. And we were all so nerdy and excited because I was like, oh, it's Wolf Blitzer. Completely starstruck. Yeah. Um, By Wolf Blitzer. We were, we were sad it wasn't Anderson Cooper. Who I think moderated that debate, if I remember right. But do you have any fun stories like that? Like fun political moments that... I, when I was a kid, my dad was in the state legislature. And I always thought I was cool because I was getting out of school just to play, you know, hooky. <laughs> to go visit? <laughs> to go visit. I was getting out. But little did I know that when you were sitting on the the house floor just as a kid it's seeing all the legislature at work there's like a little bees just flying around mm-hmm. and they're having this conversation and that conversation and how this committee works and it just kind of all glued together and some of those people like rob bishop became a great friend of mine and he's still a great friend now yeah. um, and who had known just a snot-nosed kid sitting on the house floor <laughs> would you get to know the speaker of the house that's so cool. And, yeah. And that's what's kind of ignited my politics love. I love that. So, so you're right. It is like a beehive. There's so many people moving around. When I first started working at the house as a, a little comms intern, I thought that I was just the hottest stuff. Like I was like, I'm so cool. I'm up here. I'm working at the legislature. I'm so important. And then I saw a picture in the trib of Don Ibsen speaking on the floor. And I was like, hunched on the ground <laughs> in front of him taking a photo because that was my job was to take photos for social media and whatnot and I was like you're not cool look at you you're on the ground <laughs> you look like a bug <laughs> like, I thought I was so cool and then I saw awesome. that picture I still have that picture on my computer just to remind me that I'm not not that important yeah. hey you were just a worker bee at that time there's always something else going on right? oh yeah. yeah yeah and the the fact that you can't stand I don't know if everybody knows this but you're not supposed to stand in the the line of sight of the person speaking and the speaker. Right. You're supposed to keep that space open. And so you see a lot of interns scuttling around the floor or on their knees crawling because they're not supposed to stand all the way up. And usually they have got arms full of notebooks. The papers and, trying to manage it Yeah, all. exactly. It's super, it's super funny. I, every time an intern shows up in like really high heels, I'm oh, like, ooh, bad you're going to want to rethink that yeah, because yeah. you're going to be crawling on the floor in like three days. <laughs> Yeah, I've never had stronger legs than when I was a Senate intern. And you're tall. <laughs> yeah, you just had to you like. Get some, do a, you got a real. So I lucked out squat. because the senator I worked for was on the very back row, and so I could stand. I could. I still. Had to, you still got to squat down though, because if you're standing there, it's like people are like, "What are you doing?" Yeah, you kind of stand out like a sore thumb. Like so, I would squat next to his desk and talk to him and. But I could always like bear crawl back three and then stand up and walk out like a normal human. So I always felt really grateful for that. But it's the worst. I'd like to see that now. See if you can do. Well, that. I don't think I could. <laughs> I don't think I. My fall. knees would be shaking. <laughs> it's been too many years. I'd just be scooting on the ground. That's cool though. So your your involvement in politics is a multi generational thing in the family. Yeah, it's kind of fun. I love that. I was talking uh, to someone the other day, and you know when this 
state capitol was remodeled. Yeah. The legislature. The earthquake proofing. Yeah. Er, yeah. You know, it took a while. So my dad, that was kind of the last years of his term. So when the legislators could buy their desk, remember those old roll toss yeah. desks? Yeah. That had they have a couple up forever? at the capitol. Right. So my dad bought his and I have it. Oh, so that's so neat. Kind of nostalgia, right? Yeah. All those years when, you know, sitting on the floor as a, a kid, and I have that desk. That's Do you zoom cool. from there? No. From, just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> it's an in acrylic case now. <laughs> yeah, really. That's so cool. Yeah. I yeah, I do remember when they were they were letting people kind of take their stuff. It was awesome. There are a couple up in the house lounge that yeah. you can go see that they still have yeah. with some photos. And it's just wondering how they could get all that paperwork in those books on those roll talk. Exactly desks. because they didn't have iPads. Right. <laughs> so Not you're much like, space. What, where are you putting all this stuff? Right. Yeah, I, it's um, the bill room down in the basement is also still kind of an anomaly because it prints so many copies of bills. And for record keeping and for people who sign up to get just copies of the bills. And I don't know that I've ever seen that much paper in my entire life. That particular staircase, that tiny little staircase that goes back down to the bill room. I think this is very nerdy to have a favorite staircase in the Capitol. Capitol. (laughs) That's yours? Yeah. That's hers. It's a good one. Because... I think the stairs are the most worn out there. They're precarious. I know because I've almost fallen down them in in high heels many a time. But they're my favorite just because you can see the grooves where people have walked up and down. And it's kind of like that beehive thing. Like Mm -hmm. it's like a little trail that you can see. And I just like the history of it because I am not cool. (laughs) (laughs) Because you're a giant nerd. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So what made you want to get involved specifically with... UAR's legislative committee. It's just a great place to be involved. Find that purpose in life. We all have a purpose, and Ledge Committee brings all these people from all over the state of Utah, and you just learn. You think you know stuff in 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 legislature and stuff, but then you learn from somebody else, and mm-hmm. it's so much fun. Every committee meeting, there's something new and and a different way of thinking about it. And unless you've been there, you just don't understand it. I'm biased, but I think it's the best committee. Yeah, it's awesome. It's the best. Yeah. It's fine, you guys. <laughs> you, it, should, you don't it, even have any committees. It's the best one. No, I just steal yours. <laughs> it, I love it. What do you think the biggest issues facing this upcoming legislative, the 2022 legislative committee, what do you think we're going to be focusing on the most? Affordable housing is a big issue mm-hmm. in Utah, everywhere. I mean, we did great steps last session. Whether the legislature takes wants to do additional steps, I don't know. But we have to do something about affordable housing. We have to get aggressive in doing something to, to uh, minimize that issue that we currently have. It's kind of crazy how out of control it got so quickly. It's almost like before even the pandemic happened, we were talking about the housing gap and the shortage and how we were short for 45, 35, 45,000 units and whatnot. And then it was like, hey, do you want to make this problem 10 times worse? Right. (laughs) And 10 times more expensive. Right. Here's a pandemic. And it just really, it really snowballed. And I feel like we really have to buckle down if we want to make some of these changes and be able to say that we are salvaging the economy. And that's one of the things that I I found the most interesting thinking about affordable housing. And Alyssa shared an article with me about just the economic development lost because people can't find homes here. And there are so many people who would like to contribute to Utah's economy and diversify it and keep it stable and to help it grow, but they can't because they just can't come. And so that, that economic loss is really interesting to me because we like to think that there isn't a cost that will get to the problem 
as we get to it and yeah, that, solve itself. And, yeah, you know, like the free the free out. market will solve it and or people will stop wanting to move here. But what I don't think people understand about people not moving here is that the economy will suffer and the growth that we've seen year over year in Utah and all of the things that make us a stable, low tax economy mm-hmm. will suffer if we can't fix this problem. Right. And how do we how do we maintain our lifestyle in the great place that Utah is to live? Yeah. At you know whatever St. George, Logan, whatever, we all have our unique abilities. How do we keep that uniqueness in the place that we love that makes Utah great, but also get people to have a roof over their head? Yeah. yeah. We were just talking about, weirdly, at my house, we talk about affordable housing quite a bit. Um, <laughs> we bring it up at parties because we're a lot of fun. <laughs> I, I force it on people. No, my mom actually lives in a resort town in Idaho, and she was talking about how a lot of the people that have lived there and have, you know, they're s- small business owners, they're being pushed out of the community because of the development choices that have gone on. And there is, there's no like moderate income or affordable housing. It's just all of these luxury condos are going up, but their economy is suffering because the people that service the businesses that made those luxury condos desirable are being forced further and further out of town. So it made me think about Moab and Park City and like we do, tourism is a pretty big part of of Utah's economy, right? So it just made me think about what's happening here, especially in your neck of the woods, Tal. I'm sure you've seen a lot of that. Yeah, absolutely. And who better to take on that issue than realtors and the realtor community? Because we're a big part of that economic engine you guys are talking about. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. We're entrepreneurs. We're business owners. We're all of that. And we touch everybody's lives. And so why shouldn't we be in the thick of it? That's a really good segue. It's almost like you knew my next question would be, why should realtors even be involved in politics? Why not? <laughs> exactly. Let's stick our nose Let's in it. Let's just end it there. Yeah, why, why not? not? Why not? I mean, the, literally, look at history in America. There's always been politics. Mm-hmm. Why not realtors? We're smart. We have demographics from women to men to teenagers to whatever. We have the, everybody that works in real estate of all demographics. Mm-hmm. Why shouldn't we be in right in the middle of it? Showing the leadership that we all have. We need to lead the fight of finding solutions to this problem because we know it. We live it. We talk to our clients. We do whatever. I think that you make a good point because of you're talking to clients. I do all the campaign stuff, right? Um, and when she's trying to talk people into running. A, a realtor is the best candidate. That's because it, yeah, that's what we say. You have this amazing network, but a realtor is also the best advocate for real estate related policy because you understand the human faces behind those policy decisions um, and you've got a network that you can tap into and say okay we're thinking about implementing this policy how's that going to impact these people it just is like your conduits for bigger communities and I really love that and I was talking to um, someone who actually works for the League of Cities and Towns. This is the part where we hiss or boo. Is this a roast? <laughs> just kidding. <laughs> is now a roast? <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. We actually, I think, have a lot more in common with them than anybody thinks. And and that was kind of the, the point that I was trying to make. And I, I was talking to someone and he was like, you know, I'm actually trying to buy a house right now. And the house, like the physical building of is not actually what we're the most concerned about. When we talk to our realtor, like, I mean, yeah, it would be nice if this had another closet or yeah, it would be nice if the windows were a little bit different. But what I'm really asking is, is this a safe neighborhood? What are the schools around me like? 
how long is it going to take me to get to work if I live here? Or what are, what are the ages of the people in this neighborhood? Where my kid, my kids have friends. And so a realtor isn't just selling the building. That's what honestly, like the sales offices, the developers have to. They right. sell buildings. Right. The realtor is selling the community and everything good that comes from from being in that community. And and they really are the people who help you understand what you're looking for where you can find it, whether or not you should give up that extra closet for a better commute and, and those kinds of things. And so realtors touch almost every aspect of Utah's economy mm-hmm. and they have so much knowledge about it. So I'm all, I'm always trying to get them more involved because I think that they're smart. And I, I like your why not genuinely, because I think I was a little intimidated by the legislature before I worked there. That's not to say that there aren't a lot of really smart people there. There are, but because we have a citizen's legislature, it's a lot of really normal people who are just trying to do a good job. That's what realtors are, really normal people trying to do a good job. And you're just as smart as anybody who's in the legislature. You have just as much knowledge, if not more, about your community than the elected officials that serve in your community at this point. I, I remember being a little bit intimidated, but... Absolutely. It, it feels there's no need like, to be. <laughs> It feels like they know everything because they're in this big, beautiful building and they're... Have a you title. Know, have a title, and they're it. It feels stationary. It feels fancy and me. like far away, right? But those people genuinely want to hear what you think, right? So, to your point of why not, those people up at the hill, they want to they want to know what you know because they are, are not in the community in the same way that you are because they don't have that kind of job. The right? beehive, yeah. Just, and, and, yeah. And legislators want to know. I mean, you guys are up on the on the hill. Yeah. And you're talking to them, they just don't know, but you educate them on how something, and they, they're going, oh, the light comes right, right on. Just yep. because you educated them about that commute or about that situation. To that point, can I just plug, um, we're doing Fridays on the Hill. Is that what we're calling it? Yeah, Fridays on the Hill. Wait, it's so, a really catchy name. Really <laughs> unique. <laughs> really Fridays creative. on the Hill. <laughs> really creative. Um, so if you want to come and hang out with Kate and I, um, up at the hill and talk one-on-one with your legislator. We can send in a, a blue or a green note, depending on who you want to talk to, and and we'll pull them off the floor. And I mean, short of wearing a GoPro, we can't like show you what goes on every day up on the hill, but we wanted to give realtors the opportunity to come up and see and be a lobbyist for a morning and an afternoon. I'm going to live feed a GoPro cam I'm on my forehead. Wear it. <laughs> I'm just going to wear it. I'm just going to wear a GoPro all over the hill. I'm sure the legislators would love that. Um, Yeah. So, um, yeah. So you'll have the opportunity. You can sign up. Unfortunately, because we can't have like giant groups on the hill, they are going to be limited to about eight people Mm -hmm. a Friday. But there are several Fridays during the session. So we'll have signups for that. And you can come up. And what's basically going to happen is you're just going to be a lobbyist for a morning. And then we'll have lunch together and kind of debrief about what we've learned and, and who we got to talk to and go our merry way. But I like being up on the hill. I think it's really exciting. It's so fun. And I think that more people should get to experience the excitement of it. I mean, it might, might seem a little tedious, but um, I think it's exciting. And I think it's a cool look at what we do on the hill all day. Yeah, so, I mean, that's what got me into politics way yeah. back when as a kid. So I think everybody should sign up and and take you up on that. Yeah, so we'll, awesome. we'll have uh, we'll, we'll open it up to our ledge committee members first and then um, anybody else who would like to participate. But... I'm really excited to, I always love to show realtors off mm-hmm. on the Hill. Like I always, I love it. I love just like parading past other lobbyists and being like, oh, you wish your association was this good. You wish you were this important yeah. and smart our and members, knowledgeable. <laughs> our members are smart. They know their stuff. So it's, it, it is, it's really fun to bring a member up to the Hill and we don't have to say anything. 
oh, when they're talking to the legislators, in the back. It's just, the best. We just like proud parents. Like yes, go. I mean, do you really realize what you just said? That is so awesome. Yeah. I mean, yeah. seriously. No, it's amazing. It took years and years to get to the point where you guys are that And way. I just get to reap the benefits seriously. of all of Chris Geiler's hard work. <laughs> all of the staff and past presidents and realtors who came before us, I just get to reap the benefits. So thanks, guys. Yeah. Yeah. Well, anything else? Yeah. So one last thing. One last thing. We talk about RPAC a lot to the point where I'm sure people are tired of hearing us talk about RPAC. I think it can be also a little bit easy for us to just say, well, we always meet our goals. So we're doing it well. We're doing it. We're doing a great job. But I'd like to touch on just a little bit about why giving to RPAC is important to government affairs, because there can be a big disconnect between the awesome raffle that you're at <laughs> and and the Hill. And so, Tal, why do you think it's important for government affairs that we like participate in RPAC? You know, it's as simple as in your own homes, it takes money. It takes money to pay for things, to the shoes and the cars and whatever. The same thing happens with government affairs. It takes money to get initiatives out there. It takes money to to push things forward. And RPAC is that glue. I mean, we always say, follow the money. We need that. You know, some people say, well, I don't really want to get it. I can't afford. Give as little or as much as you can because it really does compound on itself over time. I mean, you talk about Chris and and all the work he's done over the years, it's done that because caring people have given money so that he could develop the foundation. So you reap the rewards when you go up on Capitol Hill, people know you, and that realtors are taking on an issue and they t really take notice. So money, money is important in all of our lives and it's as simple as your own home finances. We need that also. Yeah, I always think that it's important for regular people to be able to run for office. I don't think you should have to be a cajillionaire yeah. to be able to run for office, but campaigns are super, super expensive. And one of the ways that candidates can help fund those campaigns is with special interest groups. And there's, I mean, some people get a lot of flack. I know we do sometimes. There's always like a yearly trip article about how much money we give away. But we do it to help educate people because you can't really buy votes. You know, I, I think that is a common misconception that if you give RPAC money, like they should... They owe you something or they should do something for you. Um, and we we give RPAC money to realtor champions. And we do that because we want to help educate people about what a great champion they would be for the real estate industry. And campaigns can be so, so expensive. Alyssa, what's like when you're running for Senate or you're running for the House, what's like the average price of a mail piece? So I would say if you're running for the Senate and you want to do a really robust direct mail outreach for the the whole campaign cycle, you're probably spending like twenty grand for mail or the whole campaign. Just for mail, yeah. Just for for one. No, no, for for like three or four. Three or four. It's very expensive though. But like, I don't have twenty thousand dollars laying around yeah. to help me run for office. And most of the people that you do want running for office don't have twenty thousand dollars just laying around. They're good people. They've got a lot of knowledge. They'd be good advocates for the industry up on the hill. And so this is RPAC's one way that we can kind of help pay to educate people. The other, the last thing I would bring up is that we do issues mobilization campaigns. And that's also something that we use RPAC money for. And it's expensive to educate people about issues. And it's been a multi-year process to help Utahns understand the housing gap, just the housing gap. 
just like how it could happen and what kinds of policies exacerbate it. And it was kind of cool when we were working with Thomas when he ran for governor, they were doing a focus group and we got to hear some of our issues mobilization talking points parroted back to us by these women in this in this focus group. And we were like, man, it took a lot of money to get to this point. But these people are saying what we want them to say, which is that we have a problem. And so even just getting people to acknowledge a problem was expensive and it's going to be even more expensive to help them realize what kinds of policies we need to pass and have in place to help fix the problem. And so that's another way that isn't directly tied to politicians. The RPAC is really, really powerful is that it just kind of helps the average person understand more about real estate, about the housing market, about their communities. We usually go to NAR to get that money. I'm glad you brought up Issues Mope because I was just going to say, we just applied for and got a grant and we're super excited to execute that grant. Um, but because and everybody's always like, oh, you guys did such a great job, like good job getting this money. And I always feel like I'm taking a compliment that is not mine because because we have done such a good job with our RPAC culture and because our members are so incredibly engaged, it, it makes it really easy to make the ask and and our members have built that trust with the National Association. So the National Association knows that if we're if they invest in Utah, in Utah's state and local politics, we're going to help impact the region and then the rest of the country because we're going to be a good example, right, to other associations, to other legislatures with the policies that we pass. So I just think that's the other reason that RPAC is so important is because it creates more opportunities because of that trust that it builds. And I think a good thing you should note is that you guys have been great about getting grants so you not you may get more money than we actually contribute, and it because because we've done such a good job over time. Yeah. So you guys, I've I've noticed as I've watched UAR and other associations, and they put in for grants, they actually get more than they ever paid in. We we're greedy. We've got our yeah. hand out to NAR all the time, <laughs> because your uh, your RPAC contribution is split between your local board, your state association, and the national association, and so only a fraction of that goes. I think it's about a third goes to the National Association. Um, and about a third of our state goal is probably, mm, at this point, $400,000. Yeah, give or take. Maybe a little bit more. And we ask for more than that every year <laughs> in grants. So <laughs> we're definitely we're definitely getting our money back. Um, because I think over the last, what is it, three? Three years since I've been here, we've asked for about a million dollars between issues mobilization campaigns and independent expenditures. Yeah. So... We've got our hands out a lot. So so let's just look at it. Say that you get 400. Say that we increase our RPAC to, to 800. Then can we double the amount of money we get back? I th- oh, yeah. I yeah, think always so. That. Oh, so yeah. Oh, yeah. Don't ever say, hey, well, we give enough. That's all we need to give. Because we can continue to double our money. And what, what banking institution wouldn't want to do that? <laughs> yeah, right? It's a great investment. Yeah. yeah. That and like, there's so much trouble right now, I think, with people trying to figure out what is a good news source? Like, what is a good information source? Where can I get good information about this? And the National Association and our state association, they've always been at the forefront of like, these are the market stats. These are the housing stats. We can tell you exactly what's happening in the market right now. And kind of like transitioning over to not only can we tell you what's happening in the market right now, we can tell you why it's happening and how to fix it. And having the money available from NAR and from RPAC to spend educating is like huge because you really can't trust so much of what you read online. And I'm just, I guess I'm really proud of just how fact-driven NAR's stats are and how fact-driven our, our state association stuff has been because it's not, we're not trying to sway you politically either way. We're trying to show you 
this is what's going on in the market. This is why it's bad. This is what we need to do on the Hill to fix it. And it's, it, I think for, for legislators especially, we've become a trusted source of data about this, which, which is, is a huge. Super valuable thing. It's huge because in order to have a good conversation with the legislator, they've got to trust that you know what you're talking about and that you're not going to lie to them. So... Because we'll need them next next time, too. It's just not today. It's tomorrow and the day after that. Exactly. Exactly. Okay, let's do a couple fun questions. What's your favorite pizza? Uh, meat lovers. Meat lovers. That's a really good one. What is your drink of choice? Mountain Dew. Mountain Dew! Ah, <laughs> towel! That's so sweet! <laughs> you need it to come over the light side. <laughs> Mountain Dew! That's funny. Okay, well, we'll have some in the, the RPAC kitchen for you. <laughs> I'm there. Put it in my vein. Let's pump it in. Uh, that's funny. All right. <laughs> What's your favorite movie? Um, James Bond. I don't know. Oh, did you like the new one? I love the new oh, one. Oh, me too. I really liked it. I I will admit that I cried. Oh, I, I cried like a baby. Wow. I did. I usually cry, but I didn't cry on that one. Oh, I, I cried. Like, I think it was you guys that told me to go see it. Oh, oh probably because yeah. we were evangelists. We love that movie. Yeah. We also see. Just about everything. Oh yeah, we're not so, discerning. Don't, we, don't, we don't have good movie taste. Don't we'll see trust anything. us. We just like to go to the movies. <laughs> we're really there for the snacks. <laughs> Lots of butter on the popcorn. Yeah, right? exactly. Yeah. I really like to order those bunch of crunch, and my husband is like, "Why do you want chocolate covered styrofoam? Why do you eat this?" And I'm like, "Well, it's good. It sounds like a man. It's like the movie. It's like the movie theater to me. It's just bunch of crunch yeah. and some popcorn. That's why you go okay. to the movie. Exactly. Do you have a favorite book? No, no favorite books. Do you listen to podcasts? I don't listen to podcasts. Do you listen to the radio? Will you listen to this podcast? <laughs> He's I, like, I, I hate do, podcasts, I do especially this, this one. Podcast. <laughs> this is awesome. Um, so when you're in the car and you're driving around, are you on the phone? Are you listening to something? I'm on the phone a lot. That's not a good thing, talking and driving, but I am. But um, a lot of the times, it's self-help stuff, kind of better, yeah. bettering myself. I kind of into that, trying to con- constantly learn and grow and... Yeah, be I like better, that. Be better than I was two years ago. Whatever. I always like those books too. Yeah. I always like those. And they help you be introspective, yeah. I think. And there's um, a lot of driving when you drive from Francis to Oh, yeah, Salt I'm Salt sure. Lake, yeah. You know? I'm so sure. It's all good. Do you have a favorite band? Uh, no favorite band that comes to mind. When you country, do listen country to music. music. Oh, it's country music. music. Okay. Yeah, country well, music. I think if they make you move out of Francis, if you don't like country music, <laughs> yeah. probably. Wait, do you probably like Chris so. Stapleton? I don't even know who Chris okay. Stapleton is. Well, he's coming this summer. I think we should have an RPAC event at the Chris Stapleton <laughs> concert. That's not a bad idea. I, I think it was so fun. It's at USANA. That's not a bad idea. No, I, I love country music. I grew up in Las Vegas, like kind of by like horse properties, though. It was like out in the middle of the desert where they had they still had some horses and some cows and some pigs and Las stuff. Las Vegas has horses? They do. They wow. do. Well, What's, they did. I don't know. They still do. Okay, here's my last fun question. What's your most unpopular opinion? most unpopular opinion like silly unpopular opinion like i think i when i moved to utah 12 years ago i discovered chocolate covered cinnamon bears and i think that they are just an abomination she hates them i love them how can that be i I just loathe them and so i i feel like i'll never be a hundred percent utahn no, you um, won't be. Because that's like, I... See? That's a that, staple. Okay, so this is what I mean. It's an unpopular opinion. So do you have a silly unpopular opinion? I don't. Think about it for next time. Yeah. Uh, mine is that I think Aggie ice cream is not that good. Ice cream is not good? Aggie ice cream. Oh, Aggie. U.S. use Aggie ice cream. It's the same as any it's other It's just ice normal cream. ice cream. Thank and you. And I'm an Aggie. Okay, it's just ice cream. 
And they always would bring it to the hill and they'd be like, this is our special Aggie ice cream. I'm like, this is just ice cream. But you know what I will go to bat for? This is also another argument that we have with our Aggie friends. I think that the BYU Creamery ice cream is better than the Aggie ice cream. Especially it's the, the same, Graham Canyon. It's the same stuff. <laughs> oh, I disagree. I, we're doing an I, ice cream We should cream have a taste flight. off. We're doing ice cream Yeah, flights. we should have a taste off. Okay. Because Jason... Write me. I want to be panel. Jason, we'll do, it, we'll do it for ledge committee. Jason Burr, our controller, is an Aggie. And he swears by Aggie ice cream. And so does Emily Merkley. And hi Emily. Hi Emily. And uh, I, I just think I think BYU is better. So we'll we'll do a taste test. Blind. Te- I like this idea. We'll blind taste test. Yeah. yeah. We did a salsa competition for our back trustees once, and Alyssa won, and I was devastated. I wiped the floor with no, her. No, you didn't. You I barely did. Won. I wiped the floor. <laughs> she with barely you. won, but I was devastated. There's no competition between you two. <laughs> Never. You. Yeah. No. Yeah. Well, is that it? I'll entertain a motion. To adjourn. To adjourn. Second. Okay. Bye, guys. Bye. So moved. Bye.